Hello, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal Base Camp Podcast. I'm Eric Wilbur, joined by my co-host, Mike Specian. He's right here. Mike, how are you? Eric, I'm doing fantastic. Freaking summer's here. I know. It's, it's, it's playtime. This is summer I used to always kind of complain about, like, because I was such a, I, I needed to have that fix. It took me a while to kind of realize that there are plenty of fixes to have in life, and that summer gives you one that is one that, you have to appreciate, and I'm I'm doing that this this year, making sure to appreciate my summer by doing all the activities I can, but also all this the the all relaxing, and it's so far so good. How about you? You know what? I absolutely love summer. I'm a skier, but rather than being one dimensional in the winter, where it's ski ski ski, pretty much, I tried fat biking. It didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It was way too slow. To be able to get on the mountain bike, the road bike, the stand-up board on the lake, get getting on the surfs up, going windsurfing, going for a hike, there's just every single day is something new for me. I can be on two different things in a day and just be fulfilled and then sit outside with a beer afterwards and just say, wow, this is all right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, look, I'm going to give myself a plug here. Or give us ourselves a plug here. If you read the summer edition of New England Ski Journal, we've got a whole bunch of like little listicles in there about things to do this summer that aren't necessarily related to skiing, but may take you elsewhere. The Cape League is one of those things. Like Cape League is on my schedule to to get this summer. Maybe tonight. Who knows? So what have you been up to so far this summer? Oh. Activity-wise. Activity-wise. Well, first off, I was just at the most incredible concert. We, We talk about summer. Well, There's concerts out there, too. Mm -hmm. Concerts on the common here and there. Or I got to go to Tanglewood and see James Taylor for the 4th of July. That's awesome. I mean, these are things that happen in the summer. We've had a lot of guests on talk about the difference between winter in the mountains and summer in the mountains. And the recurring statement has always been, it's more chill. It's more relaxed. And... That's what summer is. I'll, I'll go to the beach. I was at Hampton a few weeks ago surfing the stand-up board, and I just sat on the beach and said, wow, the waves are lapping across. The water's warming up. I was in a spring suit, which is unheard of on the North Coast at this time of year, and it was just awesome. So when you embrace the summer, when you just go do things with friends and family, it just, it's a totally different feel than being on the mountain. Yeah, and you mentioned concerts. I mean, my wife and I, I think, have gone to maybe two concerts together over the almost 30 years we've known each other. And a few weeks ago, we went to Brian Adams at the TD Garden, and it was just tremendous, right? And it, it, it opened up this whole, like, reminder. Like, we live literally, literally two miles away as the crow flies from what used to be known as Great Woods. And the ability to go to that venue on any night, any given night, and just see a show. Unfortunately, we missed The Cure, which was going to be the show of the summer. But, you know, now I'm on this concert kick. And it's like, just get yourself out there and do something. And I think it's the same way with, with anything, right? You want to go whitewater kayaking, go and take a lesson. You want to go hiking. There's a few places you could go for that. You want to sit at the beach and read a book. Go do that. I mean, summer has got a, a wealth of opportunity for both relaxation and putting your body into some sort of activity. The grand scheme of things are out there. It's just, it's just a matter of knowing where to look and, and checking that out. Yeah, I, I don't... You can go to the beach. 
You can go down to the Rhode Island shore, which is friggin' awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to Newport, you can go to Cape Cod or up to Cape Ann. They're all awesome. But there's still a lot of activities up in the mountains also. Yeah. You, you've got a place up in... Uh, we got a place in the valley, yeah, up in Madison, New Hampshire. Unfortunately, I haven't been there this summer yet because my daughter has soft, softball through the end of the month. My, my middle son has baseball through the end of the month. It's still pretty busy around the house, and it's tough to get away for a day. Like, maybe you can do a day trip and get back in time for practice, but a lot of, a lot of things are, are compacted. Once August hits around, I'm just going up there and just going to spend my time up there and, and not really worry about anything else happening down here. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to August and trying to plan my calendar with things to do and places to go and some of the best things I can see, activities I can, I can take part in, which is why I'm so excited to have on as our guest today a couple of folks from Great Glen Trails up in New Hampshire to talk about some of the offerings they have up there in the Mount Washington Valley and things people can look forward to as far as kayaking, biking, or walking, et cetera. Yeah, it's Great Glens on, the, on Mount Washington. I mean, the auto road is right there. But then what Great Glens Trails does year-round is just plain incredible. They're, we think of the Jackson Touring Center when we go up into that neck of the woods for cross-country skiing, well, Great Glens has a whole potpourri of options also and is truly at that level. So I'm looking forward to talking to these guys. I honestly, I can tell you, I have never, ever spent a lot of time at Great Glens. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what they have to offer from that standpoint. Right. Well, you, you, you say Great Glen and what comes to our mind immediately is cross-country skiing. So the fact that you, you turn the page to summer and they've got all this completely different menu of activities is pretty exciting. And, and the, the venue you get to do this in, in the shadow of Mount Washington, arguably the most dramatic place in all of New England, is just incredible. So looking forward to having them on the show in just a few minutes. We will talk to them next. Welcome back to the show. Joining us on the old Zoom line from Great Glen Trails in New Hampshire, we've got Auto Road Marketing and Events Director. Welcome to the both of you. Je- thanks for joining the podcast. We appreciate the invite. Yeah, oh. it's great to be here. Thank we're, you. we're stoked to have you guys on. You guys are truly Mount Washington's gem for season action up there. What we really want to know, what makes summer such a particularly significant time and great spot to go at Great Glen? Well, I was going to be a gentleman, Lisa, but I'll, I'll, go, I'll go for it. So for the summertime, folks, I guess it's just the variety of accessible day tripping experiences for families. It's just a, it's a really nice layout there on campus where you can do something in short bits throughout the day. Biking, walking, kayaking, hit the auto road, go to lunch at the hotel. It's just, it's a sweet spot for these little snippets of outdoor activity. Yeah, like Nate said, it's great for all ages and abilities. We have these wide carriage roads that are perfect for walking. There's no big rocks. Like you just want to take a nice stroll on this gorgeous woods. We have a cabin out in the woods that you can kind of make your destination, pack a picnic, pack lunch, or you can do it on a bike. We have two hour, four hour bike rentals, and they're perfect for any member of the family to go out. So it's really sweet like Nate said, on that spot. 
you've already mentioned a couple of them, but can you, can you break down some of the, the most popular summer activities that you offer there? Yeah, I think probably the most popular and unforgettable, maybe it's the highlight of most people's summers when they come kayaking with us. Our guided kayak program has blossomed and gone through lots of different phases over the last 25 years. But right now our, our number one pick is our half day guided wildlife kayak, where you could be in tandems or individual kayaks. We really don't have too many age restrictions for this one. You can be a never ever paddler in all of our Praying certified vetted staff take you down the river. We do the driving, the packing. We have the boats, the paddles, the PFD. We even give you river shoes, dry bags. And the mission is to get out there, relax, and enjoy some the paddling instruction, but mostly swimming and, and try to spy on some wildlife. Take when you say that, Nate, what river are you on? We don't lock it right into the Androscoggin River, but most of our trips are based around that watershed, that valley, the Androscoggin Valley. There are multiple different spots that we go to, depending on the clientele or the weather. Like right now, we've got some high water and we'll maybe just go upstream a little bit where it presents more like a pond, but it's still part of the Androscoggin. A lot of times we'll go to Lake Bagog, which is where the Androscoggin starts, or down near towards North Conway on the Saco, there's sections that we paddle. So it's always different. We've always got an option with all the different weather that we get up here. You've really- Yeah, and just to, oh, I was just going to say like what Nate said about like suit to nuts, like people can show up wearing the clothes that they have and go out fantastic day out like doesn't require any real special equipment or anything we've we'll take good care of you 100 percent. you've you've really piqued my interest here when you said the wildlife what what do you see what what can the listener that hops in a kayak with you what can they expect to see on one of these trips well they're not animatronic so we can't guarantee anything but we often almost always see bald eagles loons osprey Gansers, kingfishers, great blue heron. Those are the ones with wings. And then we'll look around for moose, deer, bear, fox. We saw a coyote just the other day while we were paddling. So all the things that you think of when you think of New Hampshire wildlife, they all need to drink water at some point. And that's where we're going to be is on the water. So we keep the group size really small. Six people are normally our, our large group that goes down so that keeps the the volume of voices down, which betters our chance to to see this wildlife. It's not like a protected preserve or anything, but the the section that we paddle is not commercially paddled by any other group that I know of. So it's pretty special. So I can't tell you exactly where we go. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, we we tried to get watering holes out of Ski Vermont folks. They weren't they, budging. They weren't budging either. Yeah. Yeah, it's like asking fisher fisher people where they go. It's, yes, it's just just pay us and we'll take you there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've got to imagine the the sunset kayaking tour is it's got to be ridiculous. The the views you're seeing. Yeah, and we've got some different venues for that too, based on where people are maybe lodging because you don't want to end up in the middle of nowhere ten o'clock after our trip. So we we sometimes move around for that one. And that is pretty specialized where we only offer it a few times throughout the season, just because it's long, long days for our guides. Mm -hmm. And, and it needs to be a, a minimum of six people for that one. 
in a max of 10. So those are pretty special. And, and we only do that a few times in July. Lisa, you mentioned the trails, double track. I'm sure there's quite a bit of single track also. How many miles of trails do you have up there when it comes to bikes? Are e-bikes acceptable or not? So we've got about 45 kilometers of trails, and that includes the carriage roads and the, and the single track. And so that, correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, that totals something like 25 miles? Yeah, it's a, it's a stretch. It's like, it's like 20 miles <laughs> max, yeah. But enough that you can go out and enjoy a couple of hours ride hitting up everything that we've got and both on the carriage roads and the single double track. So most of it's like Acadia is really commonly thought of for their carriage roads. And so for people who don't want to take the trek all the way over to Acadia, Great Glen has a similar kind of trails for, for biking and they go for a long time and it's rolling hills. So it's, it's really nice, gentle. We have a couple loops that are relatively flat and then you can kind of get into the lower hills and it's a little bit more up and down. And then that you can kind of get up the height of land, but everything is very beginner and friendly to all ages and abilities. Awesome. What about e-bikes? Are e-bikes allowed up there? Electric bikes? We are. So we operate on a Forest Service easement. And so a couple of years ago when the, e when the Forest Service put no e-biking on our trail system, unfortunately, we are not able to ride e-bikes on our carriage roads at the moment, but we're we're hoping to get some level of dispensations so that people can use e-bikes. But if you do, if you do need an e-bike for access, if you have a disability, which allows not to ride a bike, otherwise, then you can ride an e-bike for accessibility reasons. Is that a matter of the charging or is it the, the bike on that sort of, um, is it the charging, I guess? Is that why they're not, not allowed? No, not, no, it's just, it's when our lease was designed 29 years ago with the Forest Service and this easement was put in place, e-bikes weren't even a thing. So there's this little clause in there about motorized vehicles. And until we can get that removed or sort of looked at again and make it a pedal assist kind of thing, then it's just, it is what it is right now. And, gotcha. and it'll come along within time. Other, other Forest Service roads accept them. Acadia accept, accepts that. We, we understand that it's up and coming part of the bike industry and, and we can't wait until we can do it. I asked that question not knowing anything about biking, by the way. I just know that there yeah. have been some no, issues I, with bike charging and that was sort of one of the controversial things for why they're not widespread. No, it's there. They are everywhere. They are awesome. They're so it's not cheating. It's just another way to bike around and get more mileage for people that need it for Accessibility, like Lisa said, they're so cool. It's a thing, it's coming, it's here, and everybody will have one at some point. Okay, so on the other side of the spectrum, using your own two feet, I think it's fabulous that Great Glen Trails allows walking and running to just, just come check it out and, and for free. But you also mm -hmm. offer a number of run-walk series throughout the summer. Can you expand on those a little bit? Yeah, the, the bike series is actually starting here shortly, and that will run six weeks in July and August. But... The run walk series, we do one in the spring and the fall, and it's sort of cookie cuttered after our winter Nordic Meister series, where there's just a blanket of time in the afternoon where you can come in and prove yourself to yourself or to others under a stopwatch, basically. So you 
you pay to play, you run the course as fast as you can or walk it at a leisurely pace and enjoy the wildflowers. It's an excuse to get outside and, and do a little socializing and push yourself if you'd like. And can you also So talk- whether it's on I'm skis sorry, or bikes or walking, it's, it's all the same format, but we change the course for every season. Yeah, and we have, it's a, a mini course, which is about a mile. There's a short course, which is about two and a half. And then there's a long course, which is about four miles. And so you can you pick your distance. We have a lot of young kids that do the mini and the short series and even the long series too. So any, anybody's welcome. And you can do it once if you are just in the area for one day, or you can choose to do the whole six weeks. So it's open. You can do it untimed if you don't want to compete and just use it as an excuse to hold yourself accountable and go outside and, and get those, those miles in once a week. But if you want to be competitive, there's certainly some, some really good competition out there for running on our trails and biking too. Well, you mentioned the, bike, the biking, the biking runs uh-huh. through the end of the summer, correct? And can you tell us a little bit about that? The biking series. The, yeah. The bike series. I'm not sure when this podcast is going live, maybe tomorrow, maybe right now. Right. Uh, but we start this bike series tomorrow, which is towards the end of June, and it'll wrap up the first week of August, and then it'll make way for our big, big flagship event, the 24 Hours of Great Glen, sponsored by Low Mountain. But the bike series will have, it's not like you're at the start line with 45 people in spandex. It's pretty low key. Uh, basically, you'll, you'll show up anytime between 3.30 and 6.30 and do your lap. Most people don't do a warm up, see how the course is riding, make sure their gears are good, and then just just hammer out of the start and get back as fast as they can. You just led me into my next question, which is the Moat Mountain 24 Hours of Great Glen, which is one of the most defining events of all year in the Mount Washington Valley. Can you tell, for those listeners who aren't familiar with this event, what it entails and how they can actually participate? Get it, Lisa. Yeah. So this, it, like you said, this is the mountain bike event of the summer. It's family friendly. It's a 24-hour race, but, you know, for the listener, don't let that intimidate you. You don't have to ride. I talked to someone the other day. You don't have to ride for 24 hours. The way it's set up, you can do it as a solo. You can do it as a team of two. You can do it as a team of four, or you can do it as a team of five. And the format is in that time frame, either 12 or 24 hours, you do as many laps as you can. And so if your race looks like, four laps, that's your race. And then you're, you're in the competition. You'll see how you stand out to all the people that are in that division. Now, if you did it solo and you did four laps, so you'll see how you rank. Super fun. The theme this year is Alice in Wonderland. And so we like to think of Break Line as this like amazing wonderland where you, you meet all these crazy characters and it's just spectacular. And so the course is about nine miles. And so you can, you leave right out of the tents, huge like team camaraderie. We have live music on Friday night with a local band sponsored by Moat Mountain Smokehouse and Brewery. And then as the race kicks off on Saturday, we have food trucks on Saturday during the day. And of course, everybody that's participating camps at Great Glen Trails as well. And so it's this wonderful kind of community of everybody's got their pup tents and and for the the mountain bike scene if you will it's super fun to just come out be a part of the weekend activities we have a kids race during the day on saturday after the main 
24 hours kicks off. It's a 24 minutes of great land prizes. It's just, it's just absolutely spectacular. Super fun event for everybody. I've got to assume that Storyland is not contacting you about infringement on the Alice in Wonderland copyright. Is that okay? Everything's okay there? Storyland Story has no problem with this event. Okay. Uh, but speaking of Storyland, we, we do have lots of really cool national and very local sponsors for this thing. There's a bike shop just downtown here that's helping us out with neutral support. And they're, they're helping present the event. It's called ProTune. A good buddy of ours runs this shop, actually built Lisa's bike last week. So that's a cool deal. And Specialized Bikes is also sponsoring this. Zeb's General Store is a sponsor. We've got this bike magazine out in Vermont that's a sponsor. And everybody is just down to camp. You might have seen one of our coolest things about this race course. It's like a nine-mile circuit. It can be pretty technical. And then there are some of those kind of chill carriage roads. But the cool thing about this one is you have a floating bridge. Not a... Not a like an iron bridge, you ride over water, but it's a floating bridge that moves as you ride across the pond. Wow. It, if you get online, you can see some videos of it on our site and stuff, but it's really, really pretty neat. It's fun the way the bridge works because the bridge is the A-line. And so if you would like, you don't have to take the bridge, you can take the B-line, but it's a little bit further distance. And so you get you get a little less distance if you're even bold enough to, to ride over the bridge. And most people ride the bridge. Yeah, you got to tempt fate for sure. Yeah, you do. And we, we close that night because, of course, all along you're riding with lights. That's a really part, cool part of the event. It's just to be able to see those lights throughout the trails. The nighttime camaraderie of riders just goes right up through the roof and everybody's cheering everybody else on. Yeah. It's a really neat feeling being under the tent, seeing riders come in at one in the morning with their team ready to go. They're tagging off. It's, it's just a, a really special, awesome way to, to get after it and to go out with some friends and to hang out and make a whole weekend out of it. It's the 23rd year for this event. And so Lisa and I are, are totally psyched and, and have championed bringing this thing back after a five-year hiatus when bike racing was sort of going down a little bit. And after COVID kicked in, everybody wants to ride again and, and it's just cool to see it come back because it's been a part of this campus, this organization since 1996. So it's pretty cool. I was all. I was going to ask you that, but first, first off, Moat Mountain, great beer. Period. The end. Great, great sponsor on my end. But yeah, they they throw around beer from the beginning to the end of this event, and it's not like it's a beer bash. But who doesn't like riding bikes and beer? Let's be honest. Hey, whitewater, surfing, biking. You got to have a beer at the end skiing. Got to have it. Yeah. So you guys, this has not happened for five years now? No, no. It took five years off and we brought it back in 21, 22, 23. Okay. Yep. I was, I was going to ask you if there was a hiatus because it's been a, a premier event in New England, almost, almost as big as what happens down in Canaan, West Virginia. Correct. Uh, which is, which is really cool. So give us an idea up there when you're out on the trails, not on the river, but on your property, what type of wildlife are people going to run into? They're going to run into a moose? We hope they don't run into anything. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. The forest stays silent while they're out there. But yes, we absolutely see moose right on the highway there at our place. And we have blueberries that are coming in pretty soon. So those attract black bear. There are bobcats that we can see tracks. We had otters on property all winter when we were skiing. 
They were so cute. You oh. could see the little otter tracks going in and out of the snow at all the spots. It was really neat. At my, at yeah. my, oh, I used to own a home that had a pond in the backyard. And when we bought it, they said, it, it won't flood. Don't worry. And we had to buy flood insurance two months later because guess what happened? It flooded, but never reached the house. But the highlight of this was when I would walk out my back door, my pond was from way back in the backyard to on my deck. And there was an otter doing the backstroke on my deck on the water, which was just something that I didn't expect to see that day. So <laughs> what yeah, everyone said, Ryan went, walked through the marshy bog area within 30, 30 minute walk from the base. And you're going to see some really cool beaver terrain and how they build up these little sections of waterways for themselves too. There's a lot going on up there. Wildlife. Yeah. And anyone who likes to like check out birds and there's Flutter of birds that are in the, the meadows around the base of the Otter Road, great plant. And also flowers, Nate had mentioned wildflowers, incredible meadows full of lupin and lilies and iris. It's really a, just a beautiful place to visit. What, what about picnic areas and facilities for outside dining? Can people bring a picnic? Lunch? Encouraged. Perfect. Yeah. Some people will ride with a backpack. If they rent a bike, they'll go for a ride and find their own space along the river. We've got carved out areas for that with chairs and, and decks and stuff. But sometimes you just plop down wherever, wherever it suits you. There's picnic tables, both sides of the highway where we operate. And picnicking is always, always a thing throughout the day and into the evening in our place. What, what are your hours for? Is it dusted on type thing or dawn to Because dust? the Bloodhouse Hotel is open 24 7, 365. You can go walk on those trails anytime you want. There's, there's a little donation box down there halfway down the hill, and people just go for a stroll and watch the sunset or the sunrise. And as far as like bike rentals, you book them online ahead of time or walk in and get lucky. 8 30 to 5 is when we operate. Perfect. And I know we're in the midst of summer and, but, you know, as we, as the weeks tick on, there's going to be a point where I'm looking forward to skiing. So I got to ask you when summer ends, we're going back to winter and what are you guys preparing for at that point for your offerings for the winter of 23, 24? Yeah, I'll start Lisa, just with yeah. the, the ski shop side of things. Cause that's kind of where half of my life is dedicated is to the great Glen Outfitters ski shop. We probably have the, or one of the best Nordic shops in the state. People travel quite a ways and learn to trust us in the brands we carry and the advice we give and, and our service there. So I'm pretty excited for that. We always have a huge open house to kick it off in November. And in a lot of the same brands we've had before, you'll just see more of that. And then we're kind of dabbling with some new stuff. But what, what sells, sells, and you got to stick with that. There's not a whole ton of technology changes in order from last year to this. But if you have stuff that's 10 years old or 15 or 20, it's it's time to buy a new setup. And and we'd love to help you out for either on track or off track skiing. As far as like events and other pieces of our network and ski school, Lisa can speak to that. Yeah. I mean, we have a full calendar of events in the summer for Breakland and we have a very similar calendar of events for Breakland in the winter. Even more so, we kind of a craft fair that kind of is around Thanksgiving. 
We start off our Nordic Meister series usually in January. That's that eight week C series that we mentioned. We're excited. We're going to be bringing back the snow sculpture competition again in late January. We work with Granite Backcountry Alliance to have our auto backcountry ski tour, the Mount Washington Auto Road. Of course, we have our signature ski shoot fat bike to the clouds event, which has been selling out every year for the past couple of years. It's 300 people who are willing to challenge themselves on Nordic skis, snowshoes, or fat bike. Half of the terrain is at Great Glen on those carriage roads and single track that we talk about. And then it's all groomed in the literature. And then they, the rest of the course goes up from Mount Washington Auto Road. It's the only day in a whole calendar year where you're legally allowed to ride your bike down the auto road. And that's not part of the race. The race finishes at about halfway off the auto road. But I think that I think the real pleasure of it and why it's become so popular for fat bikers is because they get to ride their bikes down with uh, people who run it. We just ha- posted the the Delta Dental Mount Washington road race on the Otter Road and similar kind of event, people challenging themselves on snowshoes. And of course, Nordic skiing is incredible to go up the Otter Road. It's a real, real burner. Anyway, some fantastic events that we bring people from all over the region to come and visit. Well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you led into that because I was just going to ask you, I'd be remiss not to ask you, Lisa, while I had you here about some of the events. Auto Road has planned this year, including you now offer Sunset Drives. What brought that on? We've been doing our Sunrise Drives for a long time, and we offer some group Sunset Drives. So, for example, the Minis on top have been doing a Mini Sunset Drive for a couple of years. This year, we just hosted a Fiat group. So these are just private car clubs that do sunset trips on the road, kind of all collectively organized to use the road on their own. And we've been doing that for a long time. And so this year we kind of just thought, well, what if we for just two days, like we do for the sunrise, open up the auto road for people to, to catch the sunset as well. So this is our first year doing it. And so we're booking our guided tours now, and then the road will remain open late on those two dates this summer, just like we have it for the sunrise open early. Catching a sunrise, sunset, all depends on the weather, but it is a magical experience being on the mountain most times a day. Well, it's tremendous because I mean, you always see sunrise photos from the top. I never really notice a lot of sunset drives down. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated. I look forward to kind of looking into that myself. Thank you. Well, For sure. It, it, both Lisa and I have caught multiple sunsets because we work there, right? Yep. So we can go up whenever we want, as many times as we want. And when you get it, it's pretty awesome. I, well, Martin, yeah. Well, hey, you've got Hertz too, I bet, down there in the studio. Yeah. 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 I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for one, but you know, it, my, my coffee's empty. That's about as close as I got. Well, L- Lisa, going into July and August, what are some must not miss events that people should be getting up there for? So we've got the Seek the Peak event coming coming up in the mid-July, which is a fundraiser for the Mount Washington Observatory. And that's sponsored by Great Glen and the Auto Road. Fact is, people who come and recreate at Great Glen, at the Auto Road, in the White Mountains generally, most people check out the, the higher summits and the forecasts that's put out by the Mount Washington Observatory. And that's a nonprofit organization, and we're really proud to work with them on this event. It's their biggest fundraiser. So they, it's important for everyone to really, if you're not a member, become a member, maybe raise some money, go on your own hike, and then they do this big after party 
Great plan. Super fun. Also in July is back this year is the White Mountain Jeep Invasion. If you drive Jeep, it's a great, it's going to be a full day, like vendors at the base of the auto roads, food trucks, and you can check it out. Just Google White Mountain Jeep Invasion. You can find out how to purchase a ticket for that. And then we mentioned the 24 Hours, which is, of course, happening at Great Liner, sponsored by the Mill Mountain. And that, then we have our sunrises and sunsets. So there's a, all sorts of things that you can tap into. We're not doing the car race this year. And it's a, a perennial question about whether Travis Castano is going to be back up on the auto road. I think the next year that we'll be able to bring that car race back will be in 2025. Next year, we're going to be doing some construction. And so our kind of base of operations won't be as accessible. So look forward to the summer 2025 for that car race. Back. What will the construction be on? Well, we're going to be working on our bridge. So if you've driven the auto road, you drive down and there's a kind of a, a metal bridge mm-hmm. and that bridge, we're actually going to be relocating it to another area. It's going to be a, a three lane bridge with a pedestrian walkway. It's going to be just wider and safer for everyone to get across the Peabody River. So, but it does require quite a bit of engineering and a reworking so that we can make sure we keep the auto road open while the bridge, the new bridge is under construction. Fascinating. Well, yeah. Great Glen Trails, you guys do a great job up there. I mean, Mount Washington right there with the amenities that you guys offer are just so tremendous. I hope everybody gets up there and u- utilizes what New England and New Hampshire has. Yes, yeah, thank you guys. And that's a great for a day trip. You can stay over at one of the many lodging properties that we partner with. And we did mention the whitewater kayaking piece, but that's also a huge part of our kayaking school is one day and multi-day whitewater kayak instruction. So that's on for the whole summer, every day. Yeah. Right. And I feel like there's not, Nate, correct me if I'm wrong, there's not many places that offer whitewater instruction. So not a lot in New Hampshire, no. Right. No, so, no. We, we did an episode with Zor, uh, mm-hmm. which was great because they handle that Western Mass. And Franklin, the Winnipesaukee now has something really unique there. But Nate, I hear you're quite a paddler. Yeah, I've, I've, I did a lot of my training and, and one of my mentors still works and runs the Zor Outdoor Center. So I've got huge respect for that. I really wish I had their river in my backyard. They've got a really special thing there with, with guaranteed releases all day for rafting and kayaking. We've got to drive a little further for our trips than they do. And yeah, I, I get after it for sure. We, but I love, I love teaching kids, especially, and we've got a lot of, a lot of kids programs that we can pull off if, if people are willing to ask. So I've got a private next week with a couple of youngsters. I've taught kids as young as six and seven to whitewater paddle. And I just took my latest protege down the Grand Canyon. So wow. it, it can get you to a lot of cool places in life. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for, for joining us, the both of you. That was a great conversation. July for me is like my, my kids have baseball and softball throughout the month, but August is just earmarked to spend in the Valley. So thank you for getting me excited for what my, the second half of my summer is going to look like. Thank you very much for joining us. That's awesome. We'll see your name on the volunteer list at the Moat Mountain 24 Hours of Grace. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, he's in. Let me see if I can fit it in. I, he's I, in. I sure will. Thanks, guys, for, for joining us. Representing Great Glen Trails, that's Nathan Harvey and Lisa McCoy. Thank you to both of them. We'll be right back after this. Well, I thought I had my summer activity schedule all pretty much planned out, but 
that conversation sort of made me think of a few additional things that I want to put on my schedule. Whitewater kayaking, I think, fascinates me. It's, I, I, I do have this sort of, am I good enough to do it? But the fact that the instruction there is, is available is something that makes them very unique in the area. Well, first, first off, you need to push the envelope a little bit. Get out of, out of your comfort zone. I, know, I, know. I can attest that Nate is an, ex, an extremely great kayak paddler. He knows his stuff. He's very renowned here in New England. And that he, it, he would make a great instructor. My suggestion is there's all sorts of whitewater class two whitewater and you learn you start to surf a wave and learn how to surf a wave and the smile will be so huge you need to go do it if if you've ever thought about doing it well i'm going surfing in virginia at the end of the month where i'm going on 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 family vacation where we go every single year down to sandbridge beach will that help me in my kayaking will they help in my balance will it help in any way possible totally different feeling well, you said uh, when, surfing, so I'm just when, trying to apply. I'm trying well, to trying to when, kill two birds with one stone here. When when you're inside a boat with a skirt over the top, it's the river's different than the ocean. I can say it's very different, but it's not hard. It's different. But like with we've talked about learning anything. I don't care if it's skiing, mountain biking down the mountain, or anything else. Get instruction from a good instructor, not from your boyfriend or girlfriend. And you will find that you'll have a blast if you like kayaking. That's great. And what else you want to do? Well, I want to ask you a question. I, I wanted to ask, and this may be something we want to more put towards the beginning of, an, of a different podcast down the road, but we are getting toward, we're, we're leading into August now, right? Which means the dog days of summer, quote unquote. At what point do you start looking at the calendar and note Labor Day and note that you've got some work to do? in the skiing industry. Oh, is it that quick? No, no, but I'm, I'm just trying to look in terms of timelines. Like, so, what do you, when do you start kind of percolating your brain and, and doing what you do? So skiing starts full for me in September. I've always, I start traveling again. I start visiting shops, start getting ready for the country ski sale, which we're in the midst of now getting ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I help put that together and run it for them. And I'm in full mode by September 1. And it doesn't stop until April. Which is why you cherish these few months, because you have them to yourselves finally. So as a retired firefighter and as a ski rep, I never took summers off because I spent my whole summer working. Mm-hmm. These This summer and last summer, I finally got this revelation that I'm retired out of the fire service. I can actually go do what I want to do. So I paddle every day. Mm-hmm. I ride a bike whenever I, whenever the weather is good. Of course, June was pretty rainy, folks. So we're finally into rideable weather again. And I embrace everything about summer. Yeah. And I, I, I bring a similar sort of perspective in being a teacher that when summer comes around, it's like this, this huge revelation that you have all this free time. And it's not really free time because, look, we still have the ski journal here to put out. It's not like we're just putting that in the back burner. But it does br- – I've only been a teacher for – this is now six years, and two of those are technically COVID years. So it, it's – like you said, 
starting to realize in this season, right? That it doesn't take a genius to realize summer is one of the most popular seasons. Yet it does for us too, because we've had so much focus on different things. So when we get summer, particularly at this point of our lives where I'm nearing 50, that we want to embrace them and enjoy them and kind of drop, savor each last, last drop out of the year or out of the season as it might be. So that's what I'm going to go do right now. I'm going to go enjoy my summer. Mike, I hope you go do the same. Oh, it's every day is another adventure. And I definitely enjoy every day. And the summer is just another piece of the pie. And think about it. We're doing these podcasts during the summer, but with each podcast that we air, we're getting one step closer to that first snowfall, which is, it's a long way off. So it's not even, Mike, thank you very much. So I'm going to leave you with this, Eric. A friend of mine who lives up in Stowe, Mm -hmm. Vermont now, he he, uh, took a dive off his mountain bike and dislocated his shoulder. And as soon as he did that, all he started posting were ski videos <laughs> of ski shots of him. We're only this many days away. That time is coming, and it'll be here before we know it. It will. Until then, we will enjoy the summer. So, so Mike, thank you very much. I am Eric Wilbur, New England Ski Journal editor. If you have any comments, suggestions, or whatnot, feel free to email me, eric.wilbur, W-I-L-B-U-R, at skijournal.net. That's it for this episode. Mike, thanks for joining us. We will be with you next time. Until then, take care.